Everyone, welcome back to another episode of A Dose of Grace. Today I have my friend Stephanie. She is one of my good friends who inspires me every time I see her, talk to her. She's a joy. So I'm going to go ahead and send it over to Stephanie. Good morning, Stephanie. How are you? Hi, good morning, Grace. I'm doing great. Feeling honored that you're having me on your podcast. <laughs> oh, please. It is my honor. So I'm going to kick us off to how you got into healthcare and just a, a brief snippet of your journey into what you do now. Sure. So that was a bit of a long, windy road. <laughs> I always knew since I was a young girl, I wanted to go into healthcare. I thought, you know, I wanted to be a doctor. So when I started college, I went pre-med. And right around the same time, I started working at a hospital. And I asked to volunteer to morgue because I thought I wanted wow. to go into forensic pathology. Crazy, right? <laughs> That's amazing. And I love But what I learned there as I interacted with a lot of the medical residents, either just around the hospital or not. At the morgue, it was like, mm, this is not the work-life balance that I am looking for. I was a young mom. I already had one son and another one on the way. And I just was not a fan of spending the next seven, eight years potentially in school and, you know, not raising my kids. So it just wasn't a choice for me. So right around the same time, I got introduced to nursing. And as I interacted with them, I knew that and I was like, that's what I wanted to do. Mm. So I ended up finishing my first degree. I switched over from pre-med to psychology. I finished mm. that. I had applied to nursing school and started that fall right after. And two years later, it was like, just <laughs> here I was. That's incredible. That is a windy journey. And wow, lots of education. Great background. So what do you do now? So I just recently transitioned from a nurse manager role into a nurse process improvement role for mm -hmm. the system where I work. But that nurse manager role, that was not something I ever thought I'd go into. <laughs> it's crazy because, you know, I had been nursing and uh, doing bedside nursing and my former boss would call me like every single year. Hey, Steph, let's get you into leadership. And we get, nope, nope, no interest. Not at all what I want to do. Literally every single year. Mm. Up until that fourth year at the bedside, I think she called me. And, you know, she asked me, and I was like, you know what? I'll think about it. Another doctor approached me, and it, they started talking to me about potentially becoming a nurse manager and helping build their cardiac program at this new hospital. And, you know, I, I must have been, I must have lost my mind that morning because I said yes. <laughs> And, you know, I did, uh, I was a nurse manager for five years and it was honestly probably five of the best years in my nursing career because I learned mm. so much from mm. my team, from the patients. It was an incredible experience. Mm. And having worked with you, I know you were amazing in that role and I'm sure in this new role, you're going to kick it out of the park for sure. I have every confidence. I sure <laughs> hope so. You know, I've always uh, struggled with feeling if I was good enough, am I mm -hmm. doing, mm -hmm. I've certainly got a little bit of imposter syndrome and yeah. I'm always questioning. That's a human thing. You're not alone. I think we all experience it from time to time and especially when you're trying something new, which is new, what you're doing now. So all the best to you in this new role. I, I really know that you're going to make it your own and create something that is going to be unforgettable. I have no doubt. So okay. <laughs> you're welcome. I sure hope so. <laughs> so second question I have for you. Could you share with the audience a inspirational, encouraging story from your 
uh, past. It could be recent. It could be from way long ago, something that really stays with you. You know, having experienced the year that we all have, I'd have to say hands down, it would be during the pandemic. During the pandemic, I'm still in a nurse manager role and we all, most of us went off shift to help Mm -hmm. um, cover the entire house on a 24-7 basis. So mm -hmm. I covered my service line on evening and sometimes overnight. And I remember one particular night and ultimately it's where we saw, you know, stuff got real when mm -hmm. it was night. And then one of my nurses came and said, you know, one of her patients was crashing. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to leave. Let me stay. Let me check it out. Thinking we'd stabilize the patient and leave. And that was just the start of an incredibly long night of just, I think that night we intubated three patients back to back to back. Wow. And, and for the listeners, you're not working in an ICU. You're working on a... We were a cardiac step-down unit, yeah. and my unit became a mix of COVID tele slash COVID mm. ICU patients, mm. and we were makeshift ICU. Mm. You know, so some of the patients that we put on our units were, you know, realistically speaking, those that we want to give a fighting chance, but yeah. the ones that had the best fighting chance went to the real ICU that had everything. So it was it was an incredibly rough night. I remember being there with the residents that we had, with my nurses, mm -hmm. with respiratory therapy at the bedside, literally finishing intubating one patient and then hearing a cold call on another one right down the hall, going there mm -hmm. and then going to the next one. And it was like, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. It was probably one of the scariest moments of my life because it was early April and mm -hmm. things were, you know, our unit had just become a COVID ICU and things were, things were getting crazy. Mm -hmm. And... You know, what makes that memorable for me was I don't think I ever bonded as much with my staff mm -hmm. as I did during that time. And mm -hmm. I was close with my staff. I still am. But during that time, I mean, we experienced something that many of us had never, ever experienced before and mm -hmm. will hopefully never experience again. And yeah, that trauma brought us together. And mm -hmm. I just remember, you know, at the end of the night, which was now the morning, so I had been mm -hmm. at work for almost 24 hours. Just, yeah, it was a long day. Just We just kind of gave each other that mutual look of like, Thank God we were there for each other. Mm -hmm. You know, the teamwork that I witnessed, you know, we had team-based nursing. So we had ICU nurses from another unit and then my tele nurses caring for the patients together. And it was just like, nope, I got you. I'm going to watch those patients. You go do what you got to do. Go help them with that. And it was just it was mm -hmm. seamless and just, it, it was just amazing to watch and to be in, a, in the thick of it with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you're describing what you saw and what you experienced, I can't help but think almost like a foxhole, you know, in war, where you really, without each other, having each other's back, it feels like, you know, you're not going to make it through yeah. a shift. Yeah. No, I yeah. thank God we had each other. I would not have wanted to go through this with, mm. with any other team. Mm. Wow. That is really, I don't know what the right word is, touching, encouraging, just all the different listeners who couldn't possibly know what it's like to be yeah. in healthcare, in the thick of things, at the bedside. And as a manager, what most people don't hear in the media is the role of the nurse manager. Yeah, you're a nurse, but most people don't even know nurse managers really exist and what their roles are. And I'd like to say, because I've seen you in action, that the nurse manager, when you do it well, it's really about leading the team through role modeling, how to be a team. And I think you role model that really, really well. It's not the nurse manager who demands and commands the team. It's what? the nurse manager who leads 
with her heart and with or his heart <laughs> with this knowledge that we can't do this alone we have to do it together so thank you for role modeling that thank you you know i always like to tell my staff i'm a nurse first yeah so there's nothing i'd ask them to do that i wouldn't do myself i mm-hmm. taking care of patients like clean patients you know but it, it takes i think i did such a great job with them because you know i led with humility mm-hmm. and i i genuinely was curious about their opinions and mm-hmm. you know i always told them you have the answers i don't know you know better than me my job is just to help support you and help cultivate your talents and your potential and bring that out so i was just there to help support them i learned i think so much more from them <laughs> than they ever learned from me <laughs> somehow i doubt that i think it's mutual <laughs> probably mutual learning and it takes humility to to admit that. Thank you for that story. So the last question I have for you is around what do you do to fill your bucket, to stay resilient, to come to work fully rejuvenated as much as one can? And uh, yeah, share with us. So this was something else that I picked up during the pandemic. Woodworking, oddly mm. enough. I've always loved arts and crafts and making stuff with my hands. My husband and I, we have our couple best friends. And the husband, he has these hands that were blessed by God. I mean, he can make anything. He's an electrician by trade, but he mm. does woodworking. And it is, he was remodeling his kitchen last summer. And as I just watched him, I was like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can do that. And it started off. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, but you know, it started off very small. My husband got me a little handsaw and I started with literally the same. He got it. I was so excited. I took it out of the, the box. I was in my backyard. I remember it was almost night because it was already starting to get dark and I made a little planter box and I was like, I can do this. I'm cutting the wood and I'm like, you know, and I, I kept it it's like so crude and uneven, but I'm like, I can do this. And it's my centerpiece, you know, little by little, it started building and, you know, it's now turned into a workshop in my second garage where I have a table saw, circular saw, like five different drills. Wow. And it's just, it's my happy place. Um, mm-hmm. I can literally spend an entire day. So much so that my husband will have to come down and he'll bring me food. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I just ate. It's like, babe, it's been like five hours. I'm like, oh my goodness. It's it's my happy place. I love, love, love to make stuff. And I actually used those new found skills to make my staff a little self-care corner table. I wow. did that. And I thought it was a very good, you know, a, a very good attempt for my first try. Very sturdy table. It was very cute. And, you know, I made a little self-care and some snacks and a little guide on how to do deep breathing because after the year we had I Mm -hmm. wanted us and especially as we were climbing out of the second wave at this point Mm -hmm. I wanted them to focus on self-care and Mm -hmm. taking a minute during the day to just forget everything that's happening out there Mm -hmm. just breathe relax we've got this together and it was it I think the table's beautiful and it's still there. It's still standing seven months later. (laughs) I saw a picture of it. It is gorgeous and you you really don't do it justice. It looked honestly like you bought it from somewhere. It's really not crude. It's really beautiful. Clearly you've made it into Stephanie the Carpenter (laughs) mode. That's awesome. And what's crazy is that I made that while I was at last year right around Christmas. And, you know, I was, thank God I had a very mild case. Mm-hmm. And just for the first few days, I was kind of out. The entire family came down, except for my youngest two kids, thankfully. And then, you know, I couldn't go back to work. And I was getting a little stir crazy at home. And I'm like, I'm going to start building that table. And so I did. And on Christmas Eve, I went back to work, my first day back to work. And I took them their table. Yeah. <clears throat> and then another thing I do enjoy is nature. 
I never realized how grounding nature is for me in particular mm -hmm. until last year. Um, mm -hmm. Last year we remodeled our backyard because we figured, hey, we're not going anywhere mm -hmm. and we're going to be spending a lot of time at home, uh, especially my husband, And because he was home with the kids, thankfully. Mm -hmm. So it's like, let's make it nice. So we made it our little oasis and, you know, on my days off when I would sit up there, it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Hearing the birds, <laughs> hearing the water, we're very fortunate to have a beautiful koi pond in our backyard. So, mm -hmm. you know, even until, even until this day, uh, when I'm feeling overwhelmed or if I'm just not feeling myself and I can't put my finger on it, I will go out there and I'll sit outside and I'll literally just sit on the bench by the koi pond, listen to the water fall, listen to the fish eating. Mm -hmm. And it makes me feel like, I don't know, I just feel at peace. Mm -hmm. Like in a small stage in your life, if you're struggling, like, And it just, it's just so freeing. I, like, I just let everything go. Mm. That's so wonderful that you found two things that really do fill your bucket. I think one of the things that I've uh, learned through coaching folks and for myself during the pandemic, I started doing things I'd never done before either during the pandemic, as many of us have. It's sometimes really hard to find that thing until you try different things. So good yeah. for you for trying something as ambitious as woodworking <laughs> and some freaking koi pond in your backyard. I mean, golly, that's that's something else. You're going to have to send me a picture well, of that. I can't take credit for making it. It was already there. But we did get all the fish, and they've had babies. And, mm. you know, if anyone wants koi fish, let me know because we have way too many. <laughs> but, um, uh, it's beautiful and relaxing. That is so cool. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for uh, sharing what lights you up. You, you've made it to the other side. You know, you and your team made it to the other side. And I, I can't thank you enough for the work that you've done um, during the hardest times of anyone's career in healthcare. And we're still in the middle of, we don't know what the future holds. And the beauty is, you know where to go to get rejuvenated when the world feels rocky and it feels um, unsteady. So thank you again. Wow. Thank I feel you. like I've taken a deep breath and gone with you into your woodworking station and your koi <laughs> pond. <laughs> so, thank you, Grace, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, and I'll talk to you soon.